When I teach leadership, people often ask me the difference between leadership and management. I've written a few articles on it and look it up if you want. One of the main things is that management is about getting people to do, it's about observable things. And generally the goal of a manager is to get compliance. Leadership is more about not so observable things. It's usually beliefs and goals. And you can't really see, or the desired outcome is inspiration or motivation. I'm not saying either is better or worse. You, I believe to get a project done requires leadership and management. So leadership without management, I think of as dreamers, people who have these great ideas but don't get things done. If it's a complex project, usually it requires management. Management without leadership is the DMV, the Department of Motor Vehicles for non-Americans. It's something that gets the job done. I don't think many people feel inspired working there, and it, all it does is get the specific job done. It doesn't grow or anything like that. Tackling the environment is going to require leadership and management. Leadership means changing beliefs and goals. If you're doing anything else, as far as I can tell, and I've thought about this a lot, and I'm skipping over a lot of little details that a lot of people, when I talk to them, they start pointing out all these little details, and over time they tend to say, oh, I see what, you, what you're talking about. Sorry to skip all the middle steps, but if you're doing anything other than changing beliefs and goals, it seems to me that you're following and perpetuating the system that created the results, following, not leading, and perpetuating the system that created the results. I see a lot of startups that are doing things like, you know, doing well by doing good. They're creating efficiencies. They're figuring out, well, we have all this ocean plastic. What will we do about it? And they make devices out of it or they make things out of it or they find they make food out of crickets or something like that. And it's more efficient. It seems like these greater efficiencies can help. I have other episodes on how I believe that creating efficiencies, well, if you have a system that is designed, whether intentionally or not, to pollute, and you make that system more efficient, you'll pollute more efficiently. I'm not going to go into all the details because I've talked about that in other episodes, but the top level takeaway is that greater efficiency, that means recycling, reusing, things like that, they're following, not leading, and often even accelerating, unless you change the goals. Are you clearly and overwhelmingly opposing growth and externalizing costs? These are the things that I see causing pollution. If you are not clearly, overtly opposing those things as a strategy, or I should say embracing their counterparts, meaning instead of growth, enjoying what you have, and instead of externalizing costs, stewardship, taking responsibility for how your behavior affects others, taking responsibility and stewardship. I love these things. They enrich my life. Any parent can tell you about that. Then making things more efficient. If you're simply making things more efficient and you're not really concerned with the systemic effects, I believe, as far as I can tell, then you're polluting. You're contributing to the system's pollution, the overall waste. There's a big difference between efficiency and total waste. And you can make something more efficient and increase total waste, which is what we've been doing as a culture, as a species, for several hundred years. And our problem today is total waste. Look at the ocean, look at our atmosphere. We're more efficient than ever and have more total waste. We have to reduce the total waste. My most important goal in what I'm doing with this podcast, in everything that I'm doing, is not efficiency per se. Efficiency will come if I achieve my goal. I talk a lot about how growth and externalizing costs produce pollution. My goal is not just simply to reduce population, which would mean lowering birth rates, not killing people. Everyone has this knee-jerk reaction, say, oh, eugenics or something like that. No, we can have fewer children and 
families with one child can have just as much love as families with two children or more. My goal is not to reduce population and take responsibility. I like those outcomes. They will come if I achieve my goal. My goal is to change the beliefs that cause the behavior that produces these results. These results being wanting growth, wanting to externalize costs instead of taking responsibility, efficiency resulting in greater overall waste. The thing is, if you lower the population, but keep the beliefs that were driving population growth, we'll get back here. However long it takes, we'll get back here. And with the population growth we're seeing, it's pretty quick. That's why people say, oh, you want to be like whoever that guy was on um, the Marvel movie that snapped his fingers and caused half of human life to go away. That's not what I want at all. First of all, if that did happen, my goal is to influence people to act on their environmental values, to enjoy the process, to make them disappear. That's, that has nothing to do with what I'm doing. I want to work with people so that they choose voluntarily and joyfully to act in ways that bring about the Earth's ability to sustain life and human society. Yeah, if we change our beliefs, the change will come. Only if we change our beliefs will change come. That is, if we, if we somehow made half the people on Earth disappear, but we still had the beliefs that drive population growth and GDP growth, and that's what gets people elected, then we'll get back here pretty quickly. So what are these things? You know, there's a few that come to mind. Be fruitful and multiply. That's pretty big in Judeo-Christian Muslim areas. And that you have dominion over all of the earth and its creatures. These beliefs, as long as we believe that being fruitful and multiplying means having lots of kids and having dominion means do what you want with nature, we're going to keep coming back to where we are now, even if we make changes to elements of the system. Another one is that a rising tide lifts all boats. This is not based in any, this is, this is a nice image, but it doesn't fit with population growth. So these are some of the causes of lowering Earth's ability to sustain life and human society. And there's one more belief underneath them all that seems to me fundamental and driving everything. And that is what I'm, I'm most trying to influence people on. And that is what I've, I've come through experience to find this, the opposite of the following belief, which is that I think a lot of people believe, I think everybody believes, from Leonardo DiCaprio and Al Gore, everyone, with, with rare exception, everyone whose name you know that isn't like a very close personal friend, but someone who's well-known, they believe that acting in harmony with nature is a burden or a chore that we really don't want to, but we have to. And they'll begrudgingly do it. That's why... As far as I know, outside of a few people that are not in the public eye, everyone I know, not one person that I know is trying in any remote sense, Greta accepted, and she's recent to the scene. No one I know is remotely trying to live in a way that sustains the earth's ability to sustain human life, all life, and human society. Because as far as I can tell, they all believe it gets in the way of what they really want to do. Al Gore is not remotely living sustainably and is promoting the belief that if you really want to get things done, sometimes you got to do these other things. And my life, I'm trying to do my best to live sustainably. The crazy thing that no one has gotten that is incredibly obvious to me is that it's joyful when you do. Something I've been saying lately is that as I've taken on these challenges to live more sustainably, at the beginning, my first big challenge was to avoid food packaging. And that led me to talk about how this was really delicious. So my first TEDx talk was called Find Your Delicious. 
as I kept doing it, I found that it wasn't just delicious. I mean, delicious could cover everything else, but I found joy. I'm really enjoying having people over, finding more things in my community that I can connect with and doing lots of fun things that I couldn't do before because I was waiting for passively enjoying what was handed to me by the system that just kept perpetuating growth and externalizing costs. Next after joy came community. That really came with the not flying. At first, I thought of flying as, you know, the Eiffel Tower and Machu Picchu and seeing remote things and all these different discoveries. And then I realized I found more discovery and more diversity and more everything that I wanted from travel. I'm sorry, everything I wanted from flying with travel in other ways, ways that don't pollute so much, especially by meeting my community and so forth. And that's been community. And the next after community. So after delicious came joy, after joy came community. And now I'm finding connection. So not just community in general, but connection with people. I'm getting closer and closer. What do we want more than to connect meaningfully with the people in our lives, the people we want to connect with? I will take joy, delicious, community, and connection over growth and externalizing costs, and you know that comes with pollution. Absent that change, if we don't move away from desiring growth, desiring external, externalizing costs, believing that Acting on our environmental values will hurt us, will make our lives worse. We will return to where we are now soon enough. Even if we fix everything, if we return all the CO2 levels to pre-industrial, if somehow we made the population of humans way down without hurting anyone, I don't know how we do that. That's not something I'm, I'm remotely thinking of. It's completely contrary to what I'm about. But if that were to somehow magically happen, if someone thought uh, Thanos, that's it. If someone wanted to do some Thanos thing magically, we would just get back to where we are. If we change the beliefs, if we change these beliefs in particular, it may take time, but we will eventually get down to a sustainable population level. And then we can live a life of abundance. As far as I know, nobody is promoting this. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's something that I'm completely missing. But as far as I can tell, everything I know about systems and how to change systems says that if you don't change the beliefs and goals of a system, you eventually revert. If you do change the beliefs and goals, the system will eventually change. Once we do change the beliefs, then I'm all for making things efficient because it would be making efficient an abundant, non-polluting goal system. And that's what I'm about. As far as I know, nobody's doing it. Whether I'm succeeding or not, I don't know, but I consider it the most important goal now that the science is clear. Before the science was clear and there could be doubt, maybe we'd get out of this in some other way. Maybe, the, maybe these systems weren't producing the results. It's clear now. So that's where I am. It's about leadership and leadership in this situation means changing the system, which means changing the goals of the system that are leading to the results that we're seeing.